Welcome to the Arkansas Inc. podcast, where we discuss the latest topics and trends in economic development with subject matter experts and influencers from across the nation and around the world. Welcome to the Arkansas Inc. podcast. My name is Clark Cogbill, and I serve as Director of Marketing for the Arkansas Economic Development Commission. We are recording today's podcast from Lucky Dog Audio, based in downtown Little Rock. If this past year has shown us anything, it's the importance of community. The people of Arkansas are known for their willingness to work together, and that culture of collaboration has been on full display as businesses, citizens, and community leaders across the state have worked together during the health and economic challenges of the pandemic. As a state, we are only as strong as our cities and towns. When it comes to economic development, we know that when businesses are considering Arkansas for new projects, they are looking at the workforce, infrastructure, quality of life, and resources of specific communities like Jonesboro, Ash Flat, Fort Smith, and Crossit. When our communities thrive, our state thrives. Today on the Arkansas Inc. podcast, we have the pleasure of speaking with two people who stay focused on the communities of Arkansas, Becca Caldwell, Director of Rural Services with the Arkansas Economic Development Commission, and Matt Twyford, Director of Community Development, also part of AEDC. Becca and Matt, welcome to the Arkansas Inc. podcast. Thank you, Clark. Good to be here. Thank you, Clark. Becca, we'll start with you. Tell us about the AEDC Rural Services Division and your role as director of that team. Sure. Thanks, Clark. The Division of Rural Services administers four grant programs, the Rural Community Grant, the County Fair Building Grant, Rural Services Block Grant, and the Wildlife Education Grant. I'll start with the Rural Community Grant and the County Fair Grants, as they are both 50-50 matching grants in which the city, community, or county fair um, association would need to match the requested amount of funding um, that they are requesting from the Division of Rural Services in either cash or in-kind labor or materials. The maximum requestable amount for the Rural Community Grant is $15,000, and the maximum requestable amount for the County Fair Grant is $4,000. The Rural Community Grant Program is aimed at improving fire departments and community centers or parks in cities and communities with a population of 3,000 and below, and the County Fair Grant is for counties with a population of 55,000 and below, and that grant program is aimed at you know, improving local county fair grounds. We have installed um, various exhibit halls and things like that in those on those county fair grounds. The Rural Services Block Grant is a 10% matching grant for cities and communities with a population of 3,000 or below, and they can request up to 75,000 in funding through this grant program. As this is federal funding, we do have a LMI or low to moderate income requirement for this grant program in which the city or community, their LMI must be 51% or higher in order to qualify. Our newest grant program, the Arkansas Game and Fish Wildlife Conservation Education Grant Program, is for schools and conservation districts. Each year, the Game and Fish Commission takes the fine money they collect and it is distributed by county. This grant program has no maximum requestable amount, but we are limited by what is in the county account. And then as director, it is my responsibility to oversee all of these grant programs that I mentioned, um, plan and implement our rural development conference, and to reach out to rural communities to discuss possible projects and explore all avenues for funding. So many great programs uh, for us to partner with our rural communities across the state. Thank you. 
Now, Matt, how about give us an overview of AEDC's Community Development Division? Absolutely. Uh, The Community Development Division, I am blessed to have an amazing team of uh, three regional managers. Kelsey Kelton is our Northwest Arkansas representative, uh, and Kelsey brings a background of having worked for a U.S. senator, so uh, has a kind of an expertise in government relations and brings that specific skill set. Kristen Dane uh, has a uh, background in planning, uh, so brings that unique skill set to the team. Um, Brittany Lutz, who technically is no longer part of the, the community development team, but I still like to take credit for her. Uh, We hired her on as a project analyst, and she was um, a little bit too efficient at her job for my taste because she has uh, been promoted since then to the research manager of the agency, working closely with the business development team and with us as we assist communities for all their research needs. Uh, And then I'm happy to announce also we have hired our uh, Northeast Arkansas Regional Manager, who will be Amy Williams. She comes to us from the Cabot Chamber of Commerce, has experience having run a local economic development organization for over seven years, is from Northeast Arkansas, has a passion to really help improve that region. So very excited to bring her on board in the coming months. Uh, And as I mentioned, we're we're essentially the face of the agency to our communities. Our typical customers would be mayors and county judges, which are, are would be similar to Becca's customers. Uh, but additionally, we work closely with chambers of commerce, with economic development organizations that that stand alone within some communities that, that have that capacity. Uh, and our role is to identify issues and problems within a community and then connect those issues and, and problems to resources and solutions. Uh, and that can mean a lot of different things, as community development in general can mean a lot of different things. But essentially, we are out trying to help the state prepare for job creation in a nutshell. Great. Now, Matt, I know last year in 2020, for a time, your team's roles completely changed. Uh, tell us a little bit about what happened. Yeah, I think with uh, most of the world, uh, we had to learn the word pivot. And um, what our version of pivoting was, uh, obviously, with COVID being so prevalent everywhere, we were no longer in a position to travel throughout to our communities and, and try to help them and assist them in those ways. And I think very early on, I I was working with my team to try to proactively identify ways that we could help from afar. And it didn't take long for that issue to solve itself. We had several programs that our agency was tasked with administering, starting with the Governor's Quick Action Closing Fund, which uh, made available the quick action bridge loan to small businesses, uh, which essentially was a program that was meant to help small businesses that uh, needed federal assistance, but could potentially even run out of, of money prior to being able to receive those federal funds as there were some delays initially in getting some of those things out. So we had a bridge loan program that was meant to help businesses that were still operating under covid to stay open and and hopefully keep their doors open long enough to receive some of that federal assistance. That was a smaller program that we uh, assisted 
I believe in total, almost a thousand businesses. Uh, I will say our team specifically reviewed 250 of those applications um, and and did a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the the technical assistance for those individuals that were trying to, to receive the assistance. And when the quick action bridge loan ran out of money, we uh, got an allocation from the CARES Act that went towards a program called the Ready for Business Grant. And our team worked really closely along with, with a lot of others in the agency uh, to assist with small businesses to receive those funds, which were meant to help businesses operate more safely in the COVID world. So buying things like uh, PPE and hand sanitizer, um, spacing out and, and reorganizing setup so that people could space out and, and work more safely and effectively. And with the administering of that program, our team, the community development team, reviewed over 2,500 of those apps. And we're currently in the process of um, all those grantees that received funds had to submit their expenses so we could ensure that they were eligible expenses. And as of last count, I think we had reviewed 11,750 of those expenses. And in the process for both of these programs and other assistance that we've tried to direct people towards, we have answered over 5,000 emails and countless phone calls for businesses and individuals who, who just were really impacted from a business standpoint by COVID in hopes that we can try to uh, assist as many businesses and groups to keep their doors open during this time. Well, I know a lot of people at AEDC uh, changed their roles temporarily. Thanks for describing everything that went on, and uh, it was inspiring to watch. Becca, we're going to go back to you. What's one program that the Rural Services Department provides that, that maybe flies under the radar that you wish more people knew about? Well, I think people definitely know about the rural community and the county fair grant programs. However, I don't think that they know about the unique matching opportunities that these grant programs allow. Uh, I know that the 50-50 matching aspect can be daunting as some communities may not have that much money to put towards a project. However, the match does not have to be made up of city or county appropriation. It can be donated as in-kind labor or donated materials. We have even had some communities or cities match the entire project with donated labor. So the entire 15000 that they have to match, they have matched with donated labor or donated materials. We allow for regular labor hours to be calculated at $20.01 an hour. And then if there is specialized work being provided, say an electrician or a plumber, we can take their normal rate um, and use that as part of the match. These grant programs uh, provide for many avenues and options of for that match aspect. Um, and I just think that sometimes we just need to be a little creative right. and find ways to make that that work. Um, I want to encourage anyone looking into these grant programs to reach out to me to discuss the project in mind. Even if you don't have the funding available, we might be able to work something out, um, you know, finding a way that you can match the, the grant with some type of donated labor or materials. Like I said, it's all about being creative. Right. That's very, very helpful information. For both of you, I want to hear a little bit about how your divisions, community development, and rural services collaborate as you and your teams work with communities throughout the state. Matt, I'll start with you on that question. Yeah, so uh, I think that 
community development and rural services work hand in hand in those communities that are eligible for the funding that Becca and her team, which I think currently is just Becca, can provide. Uh, we, and again, in, in typical non-COVID uh, times, would be out in the communities talking with county judges, talking with mayors, talking with individuals within those communities. And if they had any issues that would qualify for some of Becca's programming, then we would encourage them and, and send them along her way. It's, it's kind of one of the many avenues that, that we try to, to um, help communities to improve themselves is, like I said, just one of the, the many resources that uh, we would point communities towards. Yeah, I mean, I would just want to echo what Matt said and kind of expand on, you know, they're kind of the eyes and ears out in the community. We try to get out as much as we can, but we really do rely on them to hear what projects need to be um, moved forward in one of our cities or communities, or if there's a problem, um, it's just nice to have them out there, like I said, kind of being our eyes and ears. That way we can reach out if need be and kind of problem solve and help those communities get what they need. Another question for you both, how does community development and rural services impact economic development? Becca, I'll start with you. I would have to say that our grant programs help our rural communities become more competitive by improving their local infrastructure. For example, we were able to grant the city of Fairfield Bay um, a grant to extend their training room of their fire station. Because they received that grant, they were then eligible to apply for a much larger grant through the Delta Regional Authority for a helicopter pad. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, This has made the city a draw not only for training purposes, but it has also made Fairfield Bay more competitive in bringing businesses into the city. We like to think of our grant programs as building blocks to help strengthen the community, either by improving the infrastructure or being a part of a larger project. Yeah, I think that community development and economic development kind of go hand in hand. Um, you, you really need one in order to have the other. And, and when we talk about as an agency economic development, we're focusing primarily on jobs. Uh, and job creation. There are a lot of factors that go into uh, consultants or or, um, businesses that are looking to to create jobs that are out of control for a community. Like they can't necessarily determine their proximity to an interstate or highway, to navigable river, to airports, or even really necessarily institutions of higher education. But there are things that every community can work on to become more competitive to uh, hopefully attract the types of jobs that would be successful and thrive within those communities. And some of those things would be focusing on efforts for developing the workforce. There's some unique ideas going on throughout the state and throughout the nation now in workforce training and trying to really focus at, at an earlier age than we had been previously and teaching individuals the skills that will allow them to to immediately go out and get a good paying job. And then additionally, I think one of the the things that people think about with community development, there's a phrase that that is thrown around a lot, quality of place, quality of life. Those are issues that communities really need to focus on now more than ever. Uh, There was a drive that a lot of people say kind of millennials led the way of determining where it was that they wanted to live prior to finding a job. 
Uh, whereas, you know, in, hmm. in generations prior to that, a lot of people found a job and that's where they, they went to live. I'm Gen X and I think that uh, it didn't necessarily start with millennials because I kind of did the same thing. I decided where I wanted to live <laughs> and I found a job. So maybe I was just a little ahead of the curve. But uh, it's something that we, we've kind of seen as a trend that people want to live in a community where there's there's fun things to do and activities that, that interest them. Uh, and I think with COVID, we found that that's even more the case um, as we've learned how people can work effectively remotely. Uh, and a lot of businesses are kind of shifting away from, you know, whereas they ha- would have a large concentration of, of individuals coming into an office, I think that they're finding people can still work effectively in some cases uh, from home. So you right. people do have a little bit more freedom to determine where that home is. And, and so we really work with communities to um, just look for kind of unique and creative ways to uh, be attractive for those types of individuals. Yeah, that's an interesting insight on the kind of the reversal of that trend where more people are are choosing their home first and then where they're going to work. Becca, earlier this year, the Rural Services Division, uh, I was reading this, awarded more than 536000 in grants to 65 Arkansas counties. Tell us a little bit about this particular grant program and and some of the specific ways these grants will be used. Yes, this funding was awarded through the Arkansas Game and Fish Conservation Education Grant Program. I know that's a lot, so we, we <laughs> shortened that grant program to the Wildlife Grant Program for short. Good. Funding for this grant program is collected through the Game and Fish um, through their fines, and it's divvied up by county. Schools and conservation districts can request funding based off of the amount that is in that county account, and if funding was not spent from a certain county that rolls over for the next fiscal year. They may use this funding for various game and fish programs, including but not limited to archery, shooting sports, fishing in the natural state or fins, project wild, or creating a non-permanent structure for an outdoor classroom, wildlife habitats, and field trips. This year, we had an increase in requests for outdoor classrooms, which may have been a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, We love to see this grant program grow and to see new types of projects. I will say with the outdoor classroom projects, that one has a lot of different variables. We'll see some that are mainly focused on the wildlife habitat aspect or a local gardening type of project. And then we even have some that are aimed more at actually bringing the classroom outside. We can fund shade structures, outdoor, um, anything that would be used in the classroom, we can fund that for the outdoor classroom itself. The only thing about that I will say is that we cannot fund any type of permanent structure. So if you're looking at a pavilion that couldn't be moved, things along those lines, those could not be funded. But we're very flexible. And as I've said before, creativity is key. Yeah. So if so, if anybody listening has ever gotten a, uh, say, a, a fishing fine, they can feel great about some of the phenomenal <laughs> programs uh, that this grant program goes towards. Yes, if you if you received a fine from the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission, you are very kindly contributing to this grant fund. <laughs> Not that we want to encourage anybody to get fined, but it, it's good. <laughs> no. to, it's really great to know, and it's uh, it was phenomenal to read all the different programs that those grants uh, support. 
Back to Matt. Uh, Matt, in 2018, the community development team created a new program called the Competitive Communities Initiative, or CCI. Give our listeners an overview of how that program works and the benefit for our Arkansas communities. Yeah, so um, the goal that we had when developing this program was driven in large part by one specific project that the state missed out on uh, landing as a result of not having enough sites in place where the control was already taken care of, where the due diligence was in good shape. We had a lot of things in place. We had a great workforce, um, but without going into too much detail, there was one specific site that we had in mind, and uh, it fell through, unfortunately, due to some ownership issues. So in large part, CCI was put into place to help the communities help the state by having product for us to sell. Um, but we, we looked kind of beyond just the need for sites and identified four pillars that we really wanted to assist communities in, in becoming more competitive with regard to economic development. So uh, we looked at specifically the economic development organization of a community, the funding that they have specifically for economic development, the workforce narrative, so just a snapshot of, of what, what skills and, and abilities are, are available in the workforce of that community and the, the surrounding area that, that project may be looking for to attract. And then product readiness, which is essentially the, the site portion. Um, right. So we, we developed that uh, program with all communities in mind. Um, we, we'd had some, some other programs in the past that were really targeted towards specific communities that may be in a sweet spot of having some sort of expertise but needing a little bit more fine-tuning. Uh, this was something that we put it together that was meant to be able to help communities just beginning with their economic development efforts, kind of giving them a, a blueprint of first steps of how to, to start and becoming more competitive, uh, but also with communities that were uh, very established with their economic development efforts and, you know, looking for opportunities of things that they may not have been doing or, or may have been doing in a way that, that we could point out could be improved upon. So something that we were really proud of when was all said and done and was rolled out and have worked with a lot of communities throughout the state to become a little bit more competitive with regard to economic development. Yeah, I really like this program. It's it's unique in that we hear about and see often communities around the country marketing specific sites. We do that too, but this program really is about a community being comprehensively ready, not just a site, but economic development, workforce, all the things you talked about. Definitely. We, we want communities to be competitive in all aspects of, of economic development. And while you do have to have uh, a site or a building to market in order to, to an attractive project, if you don't have those other pieces in place, then you're not likely to be successful even if you do have that site or that building. So it was a way for us to help all communities, again, help the state because we have to have something to market in order to to hopefully attract those jobs here in Arkansas as opposed to some of our surrounding states. Yes, and it's it's been nice to see the different communities that have really stepped up. And we now have a, a handful of those communities that have achieved that CCI uh, designation. I appreciate you using the word designation there. Too many people say certification, but yes, we have six communities that have made it through the process. 
Becca, each year your team puts together the Rural Development Conference. Like so many events, that conference unfortunately had to be canceled in 2020 because of COVID. But I understand you've got some good news about this year's event. Yes, I am so excited to announce that our Rural Development Conference has been rescheduled for October 19th through the 21st of 2021. We're having this conference in Jonesboro at the Red Wolf Convention Center and Embassy Suites. It was scheduled for that same location for 2020, so not much has changed in regards to location as we did have to postpone. But this conference that we do every year is always aimed at getting our local mayors, county judges, legislators, and community leaders together for various sessions and events to discuss how we can help our rural communities. We're planning to move forward with this conference with socially distanced events and sessions. Uh, Registration will be open by the end of the month, and I will also be sending out informational packets by the end of the month as well, just to kind of announce this conference and what we'll be planning. If you did register for the 2020 conference, as you know, we did have to postpone, but your registrations are still in place. We will just roll them over for this conference, but I will be reaching out to you individually just to kind of go over this new conference and the dates and things to expect. Well, the Rural Development Conference is always a fantastic event, and it's very exciting that it's coming back, and I know that there's a lot to prepare for to ensure that uh, it's a safe event, but we're very excited about it. Well, it's been a real pleasure speaking with both of you today. For each of you, if there are any community leaders across the state who would like more information about some of the programs we've been talking about, including the Competitive Communities Initiative, including the Rural Development Conference, What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? People can reach out to me um, directly at 501-682-3292 or feel free to shoot me an email, bcaldwell, that's B-C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L at arkansasedc.com. And people can reach me uh, at any time. My cell phone is 501-516-9350. Or you can email me at M Twyford, last name spelled T W Y F O R D, at ArkansasEDC.com. And of course, all the contact information and information about these programs can be found at the Arkansas Economic Development website at ArkansasEDC.com. Becca and Matt, once again, thanks for joining the Arkansas Inc. podcast today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Once again, I would like to thank our guests on today's episode, Becca Caldwell, Director of Rural Services for the Arkansas Economic Development Commission, and Matt Twyford, AEDC's Director of Community Development. You've been listening to the Arkansas Inc. podcast. This is Clark Cogbill, Director of Marketing with the Arkansas Economic Development Commission. For more information about AEDC, Visit ArkansasEDC.com and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. Thanks for tuning in.